Welcome to the Africa Speaking Podcast. The podcast discusses critical issues about the African continent. It is brought to you by Toyota Communications in Nairobi. My name is Kimani Njogu. We continue with our second episode in our two-part series of this podcast on radical pan-Africanism with Chief Justice Professor Willy Mutunga, President of the Supreme Court of Kenya. I'm going to ask you a very personal question. Yeah. So you were an official of the University Staff Union. Yes, I was the Secretary General. You were the Secretary General. <laughs> yes. Since then, of course, you've done lots and lots of work mm. um, to build uh, movements and yeah. also to work at different levels mm. of our society. Mm. Could you just share a little bit of this journey, your yeah. personal journey, yeah. and its contribution, mm. you know, in your view, mm. to radical Pan-Africanism? Because I have known you for mm. at least uh, 40 years yeah, uh, of for, my life. O- over you know? four decades. Yeah, over yeah. four decades. Yeah. Yeah. If you could just share a little bit of that. Yeah, I've never reflected, actually, on... Uh, it's, it's a great question on uh, how particular people, me, Shivji, and others, you know, in what, what they have been doing. The human rights movements mm-hmm. and the social justice movements, when we started the embryonic ones in the 90s, we quickly had uh, the East African solidarities. We had, like, uh, the East African one that was Kituo Chakatiba for Chakatiba, East Africa, yes, yes. Yeah, you know, connecting the three. You know the, the three countries currently in in Uganda, right? Yeah, yeah. It's currently it's headquartered in Uganda, mm-hmm. but the idea also Kituo Chakatiba in Uganda connected with other human rights movements across the the continent. Mm-hmm. Again, creating a people to people human rights movement across the continent mm-hmm. with its messaging and and the messaging, of course, as you very well know. Is a middle class one correct, <laughs> at correct. that at yeah. that point, correct. the bridge uh, that was being built between the middle class human rights activists and their grassroots compatriots, had the construction hadn't started because we were just incubating RPP, the Release Political <laughs> Prisoners <laughs> Pressure Group, yes. which was very active in the nineteen eighties yes. and continued, yeah. you know, to be very active in yeah. terms of agitating for rights and yeah. fighting for prisoners of conscience. Yeah. And uh, in terms of, uh, I remember this artist group called Osibisa. They were singing about uh, radical Pan-African. So it's an aspect of artists. I remember that. uh, Where one of the songs they say, uh, we know we are going somewhere and we know where we are going and so forth. So what you have asked, I can only relate it to social justice and uh, human rights uh, movements. Because they also uh, dovetail to uh, uh, global. There was also connection. I mean, yeah. the, the fact that uh, what's going on in South Africa yeah. and what's going on in Kenya yes. and what's going on in Tanzania and yeah. Uganda yeah. are all connected, yeah. as it were. Yeah. In your case, you were mm. also working closely with people in South Africa. Yes. The human rights groups yes. in South Africa yes. And, yes. and the various yes. formations. Yeah, but we were actually, to be quite honest, uh, we were not re- thinking of radical Pan-Africanism. Mm-hmm. It seemed our thinking was, let's build 
these people to people uh, human rights movements and uh, you know they then all got reflected in what we are now calling transformative constitutions yes, yes. which is still going on in Africa you know Kenya uh, Tanzania has a draft Gambia has a draft South Africa you know has it and the movement for transformative constitutions uh, has certain provisions about Pan-Africanism. Absolutely, and if you tie it up yeah. with the African Union Agenda 2063, where mm. the, for example, the African diaspora is, is viewed to be like the sixth region of Africa, so you have North Africa. Eastern 263 Africa, has some, you know, very, very, very interesting uh, proposals. Very interesting proposals. Yeah, but they just like our constitution. So, but how do we realize this? How do we realize these ideas? That, that brings us to the issue that is a burning question now in a lot of African countries, the issue of authentic and alternative political leaderships. And when you look at the Kenyan experience on the implementation of the uh, transformative constitution, we have no doubt that there is no way these conservative ruling classes will implement, you know, transformative constitutions. Okay, they don't. They, they've spent a lot of their time trying to claw back. Because it's not in their interest. It's not in their interest. And I think when we talk about 2063, yeah. if it's going to be implemented by the thugs and the rapists and the thieves who rule Africa, it's not going to work. So it means that... Um, Africa is ripe for, you know, resurrecting the uh, Amika Cabral, yes. you know, Sankara, yes. Nukuruma, Nyerere, yes. Gaddafi. Gaddafi. Because that's where we will get that vision of basically saying 2063 is a, is a great idea, but who is going to implement it? So political power still continues to be critical yeah, yeah. in terms of uh, facilitating that transition. Without a doubt, when Nukuruma talks about the political kingdom, because we know now concretely that without capturing political power, any chance that there will be progress, you know, it's, it's, it's a dream. Okay? And we have examples of um, Bishop in the Caribbean. Yes. Uh, yes. We have this young man... Uh, Thomas Sankara, yeah, yeah, four yeah. years. Burkina Faso. Yeah, and you look at the yeah. the impact, the reform, the impact. So we we have Botswana, where yes. we can learn also of uh, a political leadership that is not stealing, a political leadership that at least listens to you know the voices of, of the people, and the people talk of Mauritius as well. Mauritius, yes, yes. Okay, yes. so we have examples, and that's why I was always thinking that. Uh, like when we've started now discussing what is called the Pan-African uh, Progressive Jurisprudence, mm-hmm. uh, where we are saying different courts in Africa uh, interpreting the African and People's uh, Human Rights uh, Pact, and there are a lot of judiciaries uh, coming up with you know progressive uh, jurisprudence. And you see... There are these uh, conventions that, uh, uh, under Article 2 of the Kenyan Constitution, mm-hmm. we, have, we have become part of our law. Yeah. 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 So we have international law and we also have 
regional laws. And the regional laws are very important for resurrecting, you know, radical pan-Africanism. So again, I think we have to look at this issue from a perspective of sites of struggle. Yeah. Just like uh, you look at the youth, you look at the women, but then we don't ignore what's happening to some institutions, state institutions that actually are starting to basically say, you know, this colonial state has to be decolonized. Yeah. These resources that are being exploited and uh, the cause of our poverty have to be changed. And uh, issues of land, for example. Yeah. I always reflect on uh, the Mau Mau, yeah. and I said, how accurate was this Kenya land and freedom? Yes. When you, you, you look at now what is happening in Palestine, yeah. you see again the land, you know, of the Palestinians being taken over, and then allied to it, torture, you know, no freedom of expression, no artistic freedom. Anything is 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 is. I've actually written very yeah. small piece yeah. on uh, land and yeah. the, the connection between land and the democratic trajectory. Yeah, uh, yeah. that you can never, never talk about mm-hmm. democratic struggles yeah. without reference to the question of land. So no, at every no, single no, moment, land is at play. Yeah, whether one is talking about land even in the African diaspora, and yeah. you look at the Black Power movement. And the struggles of space. For their land and the Fort Muse. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> they didn't leave the land. It was first. And then you go to other resources. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. land becomes such a yeah. critical yeah. component. But yeah. but really, I mean, would this then radical pan-Africanism mean yeah. an erasure mm. of the state, uh, the boundaries mm. um, that we have mm. so that we kind of delete and reconfigure mm-hmm. Because at 1963, African heads of state are saying, look, we are not going to dismantle the boundaries. We retain the boundaries. As yeah, and they created then the conflict that we see. Yeah. Because so, you can imagine if the boundaries were changed. Yeah. That is what we call people to people. You know, dividing the masses into Kenya masses and Kenya, you know, the couriers and then the Luos and whatever. If you have, as envisaged, now we have DRC in the East African community. Correct. If we take those countries, including Ethiopia, yes. you know you have a community of 200 million people. Absolutely. And if they have their own currency. For the region. For the region. And the military is not what these thugs are trying to show by basically using a force that they have created mm to go and then fight in uh, DRC. First of all, I think that uh, radical pan-Africanism is not going to accept this occupation by, you know, Kenya in Somalia, uh, Uganda, Kenya, and uh, Rwanda in DRC, Mm. and what is also happening, you know, in Ethiopia. A bigger unity. And ECOWAS, the way they pacified Gambia. Yes has given us the indication that these uh, bigger entities can focus on uh, issues, and they will soon focus on these issues of African resources, water and everything. They must. (laughs) But then, you know, you can imagine if the Sankaras were around. When they went to AU, when you look at the speeches they were giving, it's the same 
vision we are talking about. Absolutely. You're saying unless Africa starts imagining that they can be an empire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unless yeah. we... Powerful. And of course, yeah. this would have happened uh, yeah. in 1963 if there was consultation with the people. So the decision was actually made in Addis Ababa. Yeah, there, heads was, of state. there wasn't. But they would have retreated and said, look, mm. let's not make this decision now. Yeah. Let's yeah. go back to our communities yeah. and reconfigure yeah. the various spaces. But of course, uh, they were also products of... They were, being, they were being pushed very hard by the empires, the external empires, not mm. to go that way also. Yeah. We have to, to realize that. And when we now talk about uh, robust public participation. That's what you're talking about. This notion of the elite that the ordinary people don't know what's going on. They don't know their material interests that we've got to decide for them. It's, it's, it's actually it's, arrogant, right? It's, yeah. it's uh, intellectual arrogance. It's also class arrogance and yeah. whatnot. And I think they could have said in 63, let's have a plebiscite or whatever a referendum let the people tell us the kind of unity of Africa that they desire. Correct. Even if they were going to delay that unity of, uh, of states. Correct. But that again <laughs> required people like Nukuruma. It didn't yes. People like the guy who was ruling um, Ivory Coast. All those characters. Yeah, yeah and uh, Boigny and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, it wasn't going to happen. And I think that... Uh, the struggles for this alternative and authentic and even well nationalist mm. uh, uh, leaderships that are in anti-imperialism and actually anti these ruling groups, yes. if they can emerge, then you know the movement towards a radical pan-Africanism will be strengthened that way because you have spokespeople, women and men, in Addis Ababa who are basically saying we've got to think about the African empire. We have to think about securing our, you know, resources. And it's, it's land. What is underground? And our know? people. And the and, people and themselves. Our people, our people, people are themselves. actually critical resources, yeah. Yeah. which takes me to yeah. our people, which yeah. is basically mm. the recognition mm. that the majority of people on the continent are youth. They are actually yes. under 35. Yeah, yeah. So in your view, what is the role of the youth of Africa yeah. in pushing this mm. idea forward, this yeah. idea of radical pan-Africanism forward, mm. especially yeah. given the ways in which they are already connected through music, through film, through you know other forms of creative uh, connections. They're well connected. Yeah. So yeah. what what is what is your what is your view and Let's what do we say, need to do? As we say, what is well said by another is mine. Yes. I just want to read in answer to that question. Yes. What uh, Karim Hiriji, the Tanzanian revolutionary, yes. says, and it's very specific to the youth, the youth of Africa. Yeah. yeah. He says, African liberation has to be founded on three principles: socialism regional cooperation, and regional self-reliance, okay? Instead of being mired, mired in uh, seeking solutions within the confines of current neoliberal system, African youth must have bold dreams 
and think in terms of fundamental transformation. Uh, there's a reference to Yash Tanton. Oh, Yash there, Tanton. Right? I used yeah. to read his articles in the debate, the Salaam debates. Yes, and yeah, he yeah. wrote uh, uh, Trade is War. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. yeah, and now he has written uh, another very, very interesting book uh, called uh, uh, Common People's Uganda. <laughs> I need it to has, I haven't read it yet. Yeah, it has great perspectives on China, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. which is something we need to flag. And so he says that was the vision of the radicals of the earlier era. Mm -hmm. And we have discussed them. Yeah, we've discussed those, we have yes. discussed those radicals. And it's a vision that the youth of today must adopt. Okay? And he goes on to say the technological capacity to resolve all the critical problems facing humanity have been present at least for half a century. But it's the stranglehold of the rich and the powerful classes and nations over state, politics, media, and thought processes that have prevented that capacity from being, you know, utilized. And so he ends by saying, let this be the cry of the African youth. And this cry is talking about is, uh, uh, you know, some student clarion call in Dar es Salaam, which was, uh, the time has come for us to civilize ourselves by the total, direct, and immediate abolition of poverty. And they were quoting Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he's saying, let's, let's be the cry of African youth of today as well, all right? For the future of Africa, and indeed of humanity, lies not with modern-day gooders, uh, donors, etc., etc., but with those who will boldly mobilize and organize the masses for a fundamental transformation of these new liberal and capitalist economic systems. Karim Herji. Yes. So that's what's, the, what's the title of this book? Because the title of the book is, uh, and you might want to get it. I will. Under education in Africa, you know, yeah. uh, from colonialism to new liberalism. No, I will and he looks at education, but he, he is just like you. He's thinking about that question you have yes. asked about. What's, what's the youth? Because we can call ourselves as Wangoi, yes. uh, Wangoro calls us uh, yes. the young at heart. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we can call ourselves that yes. in terms of fueling yes. uh, radical pan-Africanism. But quite clearly, <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't have the shoulders to carry AK-47s. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, and I, and I think when in the same breath when we talk about the youth, because we know there are women there, but it's always good to look at that category yeah. of women yes. in this question of radical pan-Africanism mm. and what there has been their you know, contribution. Mm. Whether we're talking about Nawal al-Sadawi, yes. uh, yes. you know, oh, Mishere yes, Mugo, uh, some are Kenyans, of course, like Eunice Njeri, who is called uh, Eunice Saleh, right? Correct. Uh, Amadina Lihamba. Amadina Lihamba, the <laughs> University of Dar es Salaam. <laughs> yes. yes. You know, Wanjiro Keoro. Yes. yes of our own. I mentioned Nawa El Sadawi. Um, an amazing feminist from Egypt. Yes, so yeah. who died, I think, last yes, year. Yeah, last year. Ago, yes. Yeah, Kenya has also Shalja Patel. Yes, Shalja Patel, uh, uh, based know, in, uh, in California, California now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Eva Dadrian, mm -hmm. I, I haven't heard of her. No. 
ama nguyeye ama ata i do we have an amazing novelist yes yes there is a peggy pieshe Maya Angelo yeah, now Maya we we are going out of yeah, African yeah. world yeah, African yeah, world diaspora yeah, yeah F was Sutherland mm-hmm. SC Sutherland Molara Leslie yes Molara Leslie <laughs> you okay yes, we've I heard of that read, one read, yes. Charmaine Pereira Ama Binay uh, Dede Amana Wicks Claudia James we've heard Claudia of James, it yes. uh, June Givani Aisha Imam yes mm-hmm. Uh, Bibi Bakari Yusuf Amina Mama I've heard of that one Aisha Imam I have uh, Zosi Shikata Heva Wamboi Mwangi yes. Wamboi Mwangi yeah we're political scientist yes yeah. and Akidi Okan Fatuma Baba Mohamed Fatuma Manesi Miriam Makeba yeah Miriam Makeba uh, Gita, Gita Gita Owana Mudoni Likimani Overon mm-hmm. Amazing mm-hmm. Alice Walker mm-hmm. Alice Walker the guess, uh, Angela Davis mm-hmm. uh, Tuzilune Njia Allen Amadina Liama and of course our heroine from South Africa of course uh, Mandela Mandela Winnie Winnie I'm forgetting yeah, Winnie Mandela, Winnie Mandela. Yeah. and these are women from Francophone Lusophone and uh, Hispanic phone words and uh, Jessica Horn in the Ford Foundation yes yes, yes uh, regional she, rep yeah yes. she's on this roco yes and she's uh, done amazing work as uh, both in terms of the creative space and feminism yes yeah. of course uh, Sylvia Tamale uh-huh. in Sylvia Uganda Tamale, yes. you know she's done that uh, book on uh, african sexualities mm-hmm. and just pieces by people like Jessica and others women Yes. So that that is also a resource of all these women that uh, uh, we look at from the continent of Africa and the diaspora. So we are saying in other words yeah. really yeah. that radical pan-africanism yeah. would of necessity mm-hmm. be driven mm-hmm. by youth movements. Yeah across the continent yeah. women's movements yes. across the continent and beyond yeah, and, and beyond because the youth women we are talking now about broadly speaking the the civil society and yes. social movements yes yes but we are also flagging the political aspect yes, yes. we are saying political even power. these movements mm-hmm. will be the the force yes. that will sustain that uh, radical pan-Africanist political leadership. Yeah. Which all, is necessary. All of Africa, which is necessary. The political leadership yeah. is necessary for the realization of radical pan-Africanism, which yeah. was the yeah. aspiration. Because yes. radical pan-Africanism continues to be really mm-hmm. an aspiration. It's, yes. It's not a reality. Yeah. So how no, does no, it... It's a struggle that has to continue, mm-hmm. you know, has uh, to happen. The discussion today here, we're just uh, being intellectuals, laying the theoretical yes, and the foundation. abstract foundation of it, but we're also getting into the reality of it, giving examples of these continuities that we see, whether it's Sankara, whether it's uh, Amika Cabral, whether it's Nyerere, whether it's Nukuruma, whether it's uh, Gaddafi, they're also so important. Yes. And uh, when we talk about this African leadership, leadership that is going to anchor yes. radical pan-african aspirations of aspirations of yes we are actually very specific we're talking about a leadership that is anti-imperialist so it must be driven principally 
through the working class, through yeah, the yes. the proletariat, yes, basically. Yes. Yeah, and, and the middle, then the middle classes. Yes, and the middle that, classes that are, are beginning to realize uh, that anti-imperialism, and uh, if you if you want to say nationalism. Yes. Although I leave nationalism as its own thing, if we yes. are creating a radical pan-Africanism, nationalism will be a hindrance. Yes, uh, because, because that's it what be inward-looking. Yeah, and that's what the states have done. Yeah. They build on the issue of, of uh, nationalism as well. So we're talking about our leadership, which is going to focus on what we have said about economic yes. currency. Yes our resources being st- stolen and so forth, and the realization that we are developing other nations other than the African continent. And that has to stop. And when it stops, of course, it's, it stops the raiding of our African resources. You call the the financial outflows yeah. that we know about, uh, multinationals and states raping DRC where there are resources. And uh, even in our own country, you know, Turkana, yes, you know, yes. there is water, there is oil, and you see... The levels of poverty, totally, yeah, totally yeah. unacceptable. Yeah, totally unacceptable. So yeah, I think you've uh, basically sketched what in the short term we need to build or to start this long journey, or short, I hope it will be short, of uh, radical, you know, pan-Africanism, because it will breathe life First of all, all these wars and so forth, they will be extinguished, you know, with that vision because peace in Africa then becomes very, very, very important. And the peace is always an anti-imperialist clarion call. Correct, correct. All the time, all the time. And then this African unity that Nyerere talked about, Gaddafi was talking about, uh, Nkrumah, Amika Cabral, you know, Sankara, and... uh, Within intellectuals, let's not forget, uh, Anta Diop. Anta Diop, oh yes, absolutely, yes, did ab- lots of, wrote, wrote a lot Yeah, he wrote a, and there's a book he wrote specifically on African unit. Correct. You know, and the other one of barbarity and Correct. whatever. Correct. Uh, so let's not forget the the rock of intellectuals that have yeah. dealt with this. Shivji. Shivji. Uh, Ali Mazrui has also written Ali quite Mazrui. a bit. Yeah. Samir Amin yeah. is yeah. very Samira big on, uh, on the long road to socialism yeah. and uh, creative Marxism. Mm. And he's written a lot on Bandung yeah. as well. Yeah. Because actually he was there as a young communist. Really? Yes, yes. And of course even people like Cloud Ake. I mean, there are many uh, uh, African intellectuals who really... Mkandawire. Mkandawire, Nabudere. You can have a rock of... Yes, Nabudere is the one who came up with this. Uh, and a guy called Lucas Kamisi. Yes, Lucas Kamisi, the imperialism, the one yeah, who did social, imperialism, social, social imperialism yeah. in in Tanzania. Yeah, he wrote he wrote uh, a Ali, very important book. Yeah, this was in the nineteen seventies, eighties. Yes, uh, in those earlier days. Yeah, since yeah. you have read that debate in Da, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. it started there. Correct. So, we have then to problematize intellectualism and uh, this radical pan-Africanism requires in the Gramscian sense, mm. organic ones. Yeah. You know, like when... The we, organic intellectuals in the Gram, yeah. Gramscian sense yes. of uh, yes. the hegemonies yes. and so on. The yeah. counter-hegemonies. Yeah, counter-hegemonies. And, and the fact that they are auxiliaries yes. of social movements. And so you can even personalize that in your own case. Correct. When there is a movie by um, 
Wanuri. Wanuri. Yeah, the the, the one Rafiki. Yeah, yeah on uh, uh, LGBTQ rights. That's right, and mm. the artistic freedom, as yes. you called it, which Absolutely. is which is which is what Wanuri was about. Correct. The right to think. Absolutely. About and what is unthinkable. And yeah. To imagine. To imagine. Yeah, and then you have uh, Kimani Jogu, yes. the intellectual. Yes. Who is connected, Correct. you know, to you know to that movement? Correct. That's exactly what Graham shared in mind. Absolutely. Okay, that organic intellectuals yes. can also be very very conservative, yes. because the whole empire Correct. is built by organic intellectuals Absolutely. that are connected, Correct. you know, to those forces. So, in terms of um, Pan Africanism, then we have to have our own raw core of intellectuals who have been bringing these uh, uh, young people together, uh, who have been calling for these uh, solidarities. And uh, there are some, you know, who are not even on the continent of Africa. They are in the African world, but they are talking, you know, about that path. Absolutely. And, yeah. and you did bring in Horace Campbell. You yeah, brought Walter in Rodney. Walter Rodney. You Walter brought Rodney. And these guys we were mentioning, uh, Marcus gave. Yeah, Gavi Marcus gave Padmore. And yeah, yeah. All these are the amazing. Um, yeah. And the inspiration that uh, Angela Davis, uh, yeah. you know, continues to give mm-hmm. to younger people. And I remember as a young Kenyan mm-hmm. growing up, I read Angela Davis and completely taken over by yeah, her imagination yeah. you know yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. as we come to the end of um, of our conversation yeah. Willie, yeah. I, I because i know you've done mm. lots of work with the creative sector yeah um, mm. if you could make a comment about the role of the arts in this radical pan-africanism yes idea, yeah that would be there's it's, a way of wrapping it's a, up it's a great question mm. even in our own country yes we are beginning to realize particularly the radical human rights activists, that the new frontier in human rights work and social justice work is actually the artists and activist movement as they are as they are called. They are very, very, very powerful. And they are broken borders, you know, completely. If it's a great song as you said, it's being sung all over the place. And I think this message of radical pan Africanism I can't see it succeeding without great contribution of the artists. Whether they are singers, songwriters, filmmakers, you know, and then the intellectuals within it. Because uh, if you you have written on land and development, I expect Wanuri or uh, the other young woman, uh, what's her name, the filmmaker? Oh, Judy Kibinge. Yes. Of, yes. of DocuBox, yes. Yes, yeah. they're quite, quite a Oh, number. amazing. I mean, she's she's uh, she's directed some very powerful movies, actually. Yeah. So, you see, they are, all those, those women we're talking about, the filmmakers, it's like talking about Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. She transcends Kenya and Africa, and she's connected to Mexico by birth, you know. I translated her comic book Sulwe yeah. into Kiswahili. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, I did. When uh, they reached out to me to say, yeah. can you do this Kiswahili version? I was like, I'll do yes. this anytime. Yeah. And so we have a Kiswahili Sulwe, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, which again deals with issues of race, yeah. you know, yeah. written by foremost, you know, artist. Yeah. So, so basically, I see that frontier as being so critical, anchoring 
you know, these others, if those messages of the social justice movement, the human rights and uh, intellectuals and everybody, that is the engine, in my view. And it's the engine that is also in the hands of very young people. It will keep on uh, uh, growing and so forth. You see, for example, when Mwangi was campaigning in Sare. Yeah, Boniface, Boniface Mwangi, Mwangi yes, yeah. yes. The involvement. You know, you know, Power 254 is a site of struggle for great artists and whatnot. They were involved in that campaign and their involvement. When the material comes out and it's given to an intellectual like you or me to deal with, I've seen the photographs that my son Alamin took in uh, Stare. I never thought Stare was that poor. Center of Nairobi. Filthy. Yes. It's in, in Nairobi. It's, I had imagined, but... It's the artists who are bringing these things, either in terms of film, the way Mwangi did the Kenya burning, yes, for example. Yes, yes. So, so I have no doubt at all that these struggles for you know artistic freedom and voices and so forth uh, that you uh, Nyairo, yeah, uh, Doctor Joyce Nyairo, yeah, yeah, they used mm -hmm. to be on the margins. They have come to the center now. So, and that's how radical Pan Africanism has to understand and the, the intellectuals in it and the movements in it uh, because history records that that always happens. You've got to focus on where the engine of uh, a revolutionary movement is. Yeah. And if you, if you marginalize it, you don't get anywhere. Absolutely. So, Willie, I really want yeah. to thank you today yeah. for a fantastic conversation with you. Yeah. On thanks. a very <laughs> on a topic that's very close to our heart, both my heart and your heart. <laughs> yes. And it's a topic and of radical Pan-Africanism. Yeah. Yes, and we have sunk to the uh, the politics of it. I've enjoyed it immensely. I think we've glorified a lot of people who are implicated in it. When Ngugi was uh, in his struggles about language, if you take that one, it's a strand. It's a strand within radical Pan-Africanism, and, and not and language itself, yeah, not yeah, just language. as a as a mode yeah. of communication, yeah, but uh, an embodiment of yes. histories yes. and tensions yes, and yes, experiences yes, and so yes, on. Yes, yes, you know, yes. so that so that it's not just the way we communicate; no. it's also the way in which we get into history and experiences, and mm. contradictions of society, mm. and so forth and so on. This ends our second episode in our two-part series of this podcast with Chief Justice Professor Wile Mutunga, President of the Supreme Court of Kenya. Thank you for listening to the Africa Speaking Podcast. Join us in our next episode, brought to you by Triza Communications. My name is Kimani Njogu. For any comments and views, you can reach us through our website, www.africaspeaking.org. You can also reach us on Facebook, Taweza Communications, or on our Twitter handle, at Taweza Coms. You can also write to us on email, info at africaspeaking.org.